I fear not the dark itself, but what may lurk within it. Welcome to Lurk, bringing you creepy, strange, and bone-chilling stories with your host, Jamie Jackson. Welcome to this week's episode. I want to apologize because I said that this episode was going to come out this past Saturday and I ended up having a pretty nasty cold. I did not have COVID and I think it sucks that everybody has to qualify their illnesses now, but there's just some sort of creepy, crappy, cold crud going around and started with my husband and he gave it to me. I didn't completely lose my voice, but I sounded pretty rough there for a couple of days. And I spent most of my New Year's time off sleeping or laying on the couch. So I apologize for not getting this out when I promised, but I hope you forgive me. Also, I just realized today the list for the January top 10 paranormal podcasts came out and Lurk has made it to number one again. I am completely humbled. I have no idea how I have managed that. I know in the past I've really kind of pushed to get people to vote and I made it to, I think, number two, but I never made it to number one. Um, And I made it without really a whole lot of campaigning to get it done. So if you voted for Lurk in the Top 10 Paranormal Podcast, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And I hope I am able to continue delivering paranormal stories that you enjoy. And if you have any suggestions for topics, if you have your own story you'd like to share, Or if you have any suggestions in the form of constructive criticism, please feel free to email me at lurkpodcast at yahoo.com. So let's get on with the topic. As I said, this topic is ghostly ships. We've covered ghost ships in the past, and I mentioned that the term ghost ships can have two different meanings. One meaning of ghost ship is a an actual ship that is found sailing without crew. It's completely devoid of of any crew members at all. We covered that in the episode of the Mary Celeste and also the Carol Deering. Both of those were ghost ships that were actual ships without their crew. These stories are the other kind of a ghost ship, which is a ship that is a ghost or otherworldly. Because our first one that we're going to talk about is the El Caluche. This is kind of like a ghost ship, but it's also something quite different than a ghost ship. This ship is said to sail the waters off the coast of Chile. It always sails at night, and it tends to appear suddenly through fog and mist, and it's brightly lit. It's said that it is there to guard the waters and it punishes anyone who brings hardship to the sea or any of the creatures that live in it. It goes by several different names, 
Ship of Magic, Ship of Fire, the Barakoichi. I think I said that right. I did not look up any pronunciations, so please forgive me. A lot of times when it's seen, it is accompanied by the sounds of chains, parties, and music. It's said to be a mesmerizing sight. It's able to pass through other vessels. And there are those who have claimed to have actually gone to parties on the ship. It must be some party you're having if you think you're partying on a ghost ship. I saw that movie. I don't think I want to party on a ghost ship. The El Colucci can disappear and it's able to take on the appearance of whatever it desires so that it can't be seen. Its sailors can transform into wolves and dolphins and it's said to have extraordinary speed. In order to see it, you must cover your mouth because the ship and its crew are able to sense your breathing. Those who have seen it have said that it's shining white and it has three masts with five sails. It also has the ability to travel underwater. Its crew consists of dead shipwrecked sailors along with witches. The witches are said to leave the ship by riding a seahorse named Caballo Marino. The witches and the dead sailors are said to be a very happy crew, and on calm nights, music and laughter is often heard coming from the ship. Some say that it, the singing and music is in order to lure fishermen, kind of like the sirens or mermaids, and they lure the fishermen in and then enslave them, and then they're cursed to crew the ship. You're not supposed to sing or whistle in the area either, because that apparently angers Caluche, and then they might come after you, and then you'd be cursed to crew the ship forever, I guess. But one thing that it does do that is good, not just protecting the sea and the sea creatures that live in it, but it also is said to save shipwrecked sailors and take the dead from shipwrecks and give them new life aboard the ship. Those that have drowned are said to be taken to the ship by two sisters and a brother. Sirena Cholota, which is a type of mermaid, Pincoya, a water sprite, and their brother, Pinchoy. So that is the legend of El Caluche, which is pretty interesting. And I think that's one of the first stories we've had from South America. The next ship that we're going to talk about is the Lady Lava Bond. Now, sailors are a very superstitious sort. And one of their big superstitions that you may already know about is the superstition that it's bad luck for a woman to be on a ship as it sails. Just a little bit of foreshadowing. So on February 13th, 1748, a three-masted schooner called the Lady Lovabond left port to sail along the, the Thames near Kent with a final destination of Oporto, Port, Portugal. Simon Reed was the captain, and he was newly married and had brought along his new wife, Annetta, for their honeymoon. Of course, this is going to be seen as a huge no-no by his crew. You don't bring women on board and set sail with them. They're bad luck. So that first night, the crew were below deck with the captain, 
and his bride. Everyone was down there partying except the first mate, John Rivers, and the bosun who was captaining the ship. John Rivers had served as his captain's best man at the wedding, but apparently he was also in love with the bride. And the more that John Rivers thought about Annetta and listened to the partying and the celebrating of their marriage, the more jealous he became. Unable to choke down his rage and jealousy, he took action. The ship was nearing an area of the English Channel called the Goodwin Sands. Goodwin Sands is a nine-mile stretch between Kingsdown, Kent, and Pegwell Bay, and is still one of the most dangerous passages in the Channel. As the Lady Lovabond passed through the area, Rivers attacked the bosun at the wheel. He took over the ship and intentionally steered the ship onto the Goodwin Sands. The ship was destroyed and everyone was killed. Exactly 50 years after Lady Lovabond wrecked, the captain of the ship, Edenbridge, recorded in his log that he had almost collided with a schooner with three masts. He reported sounds of a celebration coming from the ship as it broke up. A rescue team was sent, but they found no signs of the crew or the ship. Fifty more years pass, and on the 13th of February, locals saw a three-masted schooner head towards the sands, and again, no wreckage was ever found. 1848, same ship is reported breaking up in the same area, and no wreckage. And in 1948 was the last report filed by a Captain Bull Presswick. He was convinced he saw an actual ship that was surrounded by a green glow as it entered the sands. People gathered in 1998 to try to catch a glimpse, but there was no ship to be seen. Next is a ship, a Norwegian ship called the Squando. In 1890, the Norwegian ship Squando docked off the Embarcadero in San Francisco. The first mate, Lars Gunderson, was involved in an affair with the captain's wife. I can tell you now, no good is going to come of this. Which is kind of obvious, because why else would it become a ghost ship that I'm telling you about? I might be on some cold medicine, just so you know. While they were docked, the captain, Nels Erikson, discovered the affair. He confronted his wife, and some say he threatened her to get her to agree to help him murder her lover. The wife plied her lover, Lars, with alcohol, and once he was drunk, she held his arms as her husband, the captain, chopped off the first mate's head with an axe. There are a couple of variations of the story. One has the captain summoning the first mate and chopping off his head with a sword in front of the unknowing wife. The other says there was no affair, that the first mate was obsessed and was stalking the wife, and that's why the captain killed him. I believe those two optional variations more than I do that the captain was able to convince his wife to hold the arms of the man she was sleeping with on the sly and watch while his head gets chopped off with an axe. Anyway, after he's killed... They toss his headless body into the San Francisco Bay, and they kept the head in a bucket in their room under the bed. 
not long after the first mate's headless body was found in the bay. The police found the head, and the captain and wife were hung. The owners of the ship found a new captain, but he was killed shortly after by a mutinous crew. The subsequent two captains met similar fates, both discovered mysteriously murdered in their cabins. The ship, though, was cursed long before people were being murdered. During construction, several men were killed, and one of their widows cursed the ship. In 1893, the entire crew deserted the ship in Bathurst, New Brunswick, tired of all the ill fortune. It had a reputation as haunted and cursed, and it made it impossible for the owners to hire a new crew. The Norwegian consul finally stepped in and hired two watchmen to guard the ship until plans were finalized about what to do with it. The night watchmen quit on the first night, fleeing in terror after running into a headless apparition, roaming the hallway in front of the captain's cabin. The next six watchmen all quit as well. Unable to hire workers, the owners were forced to demo the ship. Now it's seen on fog-shrouded nights. You can still make out the ghostly outline of the ship, sailing off the Embarcadero. But it's not the only ghost ship in San Francisco Bay. The other one is called the SS Tennessee, and it was a steamship. On March 6, 1853, late on a foggy night, the SS Tennessee got caught in the Golden Gate Strait, known for the deadly current. It ran aground on the rocks, carrying 500 passengers. A news article says, On March 6, 1853, lost in a dense fog and pushed north by a strong tide, the SS Tennessee missed the entrance to the San Francisco Bay and wrecked on Marin County Beach. Captured, Captain Edward Mellis was unaware that a powerful outgoing tide had pushed his ship up the shoreline four miles north of its intended entry into San Francisco Bay. By the time he was alerted, reversing course was too risky. The captain was able to beach the ship near a sandy stretch that's now known as Tennessee Cove. Because of his decision, all on board survived. And that included 25-year-old Levi Strauss. He was one of the saved passengers, and thank goodness he was because we probably wouldn't have genes today if he had died on that wreck. In November of 1942, the crew of the SS Kennison watched the SS Tennessee sail past them near the Golden Gate Bridge. The ship left a wake, but nothing registered on Kennison's radar. It's seen in the bay on dark and foggy nights. After the Golden Gate Bridge was built in 1937, many credible witnesses began reporting seeing the ghost ship as they stood on the bridge. Some even reported hearing screams. Sailors under the bridge also report seeing the ship. It appears on dark, foggy nights. Once spotted, it then disappears. Many witnesses say they are confused because the ship is obviously from another time in history. And the Kennison was actually the, a destroyer, the USS Kennison. And the SS Tennessee passed so close to it that the crew was able to see the decks unmanned. One crew member spotted the steamer's name on the side. 
and as I said, they had seen the ship and the wake, but it wasn't on their radar. This was an unusual sighting, because they were so close, and the steamer was there more than a minute. The next ship we're going to talk about is the Young Teaser. It was a U.S. privateer schooner, known to have captured 12 12 British vessels during the War of 1812. It was a remarkably fast schooner, and after several days of raiding, including captures right at the mouth of Halifax Harbor, the young teaser was chased, first by Nova Scotian privateer Sir John Sherbrooke, then by several ships of the British Royal Navy. The HMS La Hogue, which was a 74-gun ship, led the British pursuit led the British pursuit of the young teaser. The Hogue cornered the young teaser in Mahone Bay by nightfall. On June 7th, the HMS Hogue encountered the young teaser and forced her into Halifax Harbor. But the young teaser managed to escape. A few days later, the frigate HMS Orpheus chased young teaser into Lunenburg Harbor. Orpheus lost the young teaser near Mahone Bay due to light winds. The Hogue picked up the chase and after 18 hours trapped the young teaser in Mahone Bay. The Hogue began firing upon the young teaser and Orpheus joined in. That evening, the Hogue sent five boats with boarding parties towards the young teaser. Meanwhile, on the young teaser, the captain was making plans to defend his ship and his 38-man crew. Lieutenant Johnson, who was known for erratic behavior, argued with the captain. Then he disappeared below decks. A few minutes later, the schooner, the young teaser, exploded. Johnson was a British deserter, and he knew once his identity was discovered by British boarding parties, he would be hung. So desperate, he threw a lit torch into the ship's supply of gunpowder. Of the few who survived, many were severely burned, found by locals clinging to burning pieces of the ship. Thirty men died. Local militia secured survivors, including the captain. They were sent to Melville Island, a POW camp in Halifax. Most returned to America in a prisoner of war exchange. The dead were buried in unmarked graves in the St. In the Stephen's Anglican Cemetery in Chester. Wreckage was salvaged, and parts were used to build a store in Mahone Bay, while other pieces were used to build homes and turned into souvenirs. Nearly a year to the day of the explosion, a ghostly ship was sighted near Chester in Mahone Bay. Since then, hundreds have seen a burning ship on the bay. Witnesses say the ship appears out of nowhere. Others have stated the flaming ship headed straight for them and felt it was about to run them down, only to have it vanish at the last second. Sometimes it would come so close to shore, people on the beach could make out men on the rigging. Most documented reports, people said the ship was on fire, which is why they believe it's the young teaser. Some people have claimed they heard screams of men trying to escape. It's often seen on or near the anniversary of the explosion, and in the area near where it happened. The ship vanishes shortly after it is sighted. But the ship isn't the only ghost that's seen that is related to the young teaser. 
a house on the eastern side of Halifax Bay, is also reportedly haunted. It was constructed from materials salvaged from the wreck. People there experience strange knocks and footsteps are heard there regularly. And if you think the Mahone Bay sounds familiar, it's home to Oak Island. And if you are a fan of the Oak Island show, that's where you've heard Mahone Bay before. Oak Island will definitely be an episode. And last but not least, the next ship that we're going to talk about is one that is seen regularly near Ocracoke in North Carolina in the Outer Banks. This one is also a flaming ghost ship. In the late 1600s or early 1700s, there were wars going on in Europe, and this caused large numbers of refugees to flee to England. Many of the refugees were wealthy, and they were skilled tradesmen. There was such an influx, it was decided that these refugees would be sent to the new settlement in the Carolina colonies, called New Bern. On one of these voyages, the captain, who was greedy and and unscrupulous, noticed his passengers were carrying an unusual amount of gold jewels and other wealth. The captain decided to hatch a plan. As the ship neared the American coast on a moonless night, the captain and his crew went below decks and slit the throats of every passenger on board. They then loaded the passengers' treasures onto the ship's longboat. To cover the crime, the men poured oil on the decks and set the ship on fire as they set out on the longboat to take refuge at Bath, known to be a refuge for pirates. The captain and his men were thrilled until they looked and saw the flaming boat heading right towards them. They began rowing faster, but the flaming ship rammed into the longboat, sinking it, the treasure, and the murderous captain and crew. The burnt husk of ship washed ashore in Ocracoke. Each year, the scene is acted out off the coast of Ocracoke. On the night of the September new moon, you can see the phantom ship sailing silently, engulfed in flames, before it disappears. That's going to do it for this episode. Again, I apologize for not getting it out quicker. I just thought it would be better for you to be able to understand what I was saying rather than sound like a croaking frog. And by croaking frog, I mean a frog that croaks and one that is dying, because that's kind of how I sounded some days. As always, you can find episodes of Lurk wherever it is that you listen to your favorite podcast, or you can find us at lurkpodcast.com. There on the website, you'll find all of our episodes, along with the links to our social media accounts. I suggest you like or follow us on one of those. I would say that I am most active on Facebook and then followed by Instagram. We do have a Facebook group. I encourage you to join. I really would like to get some good conversations started about the paranormal, discuss episodes if you'd like bring up topics, whatever. Share funny ghost memes. We also have a YouTube channel if you prefer to get your podcast that way. So definitely subscribe there. I share the episode along with photos that are related to the to the topic. Don't forget we have merch. We have t-shirts and sweatshirts and hoodies. 
on Lurk on the website lurkpodcastmerch.com. So consider getting some of that. If you have a minute, we would love it if you could give us a five-star review and or vote for us in the Paranormal Podcast Top 10. You can find the links in the show notes. And if you have a friend and you like what you're hearing, please share the podcast with them. And until next time, keep lurking. Keep lurking.